Good morning. Amen. God is good this morning, isn't he? Can you stand up and let's give him a hand. Amen. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. So good to see you this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many is thankful for what God has done in your life? How many's life has been changed completely because of what he has done in your life? Amen. How many is glad you're not on the same path that you were before Jesus? <laughs> Amen. Let me ask that again. How many is glad that you're not on the same path that you were before Jesus came in? Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been changed and I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. My Savior, Redeemer, lifted me from the miry clay. Almighty, forever, I will never be the same, because you came
Can you praise his name this morning? everything we need, church. There's none I desire beside you. For you have made me glad. I'll say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, from your heart this morning because I want you to know that he is here this morning and he is your very present help in time of trouble and time of need. So many people are hurting and discouraged and battling through so many things today, but he is your present help. Can you say that he is my present help? Hallelujah. You are my machine. Sing it out. My strength, my
name. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. And that's why we worship him, because he never leaves us or forsakes us. He is with you, church, right here in the midst of your battle. Come Tuesday morning in the midst of your trials. No matter what you're going through, he is with you, and he is awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing it out and declare it. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. something going on in our life right now, don't we?
Every one of us has got something that we're dealing with. And I was over there when we were singing that song, and I just kept, the devil just kept whispering some things in my ears. And I kept, I just kept telling the devil. I said, devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. And the more I said that, the more I felt started feeling freedom come in my spirit. Devil, you just you speaking that in my in my head, in my mind, but out of my spirit, God says I'm victorious. And devil, you are a liar. I want us to sing that again. And while they're singing it, I want you just to raise your hands up and I want you to tell the devil whatever he's telling you in your mind that he's a liar in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's sing that one more time. My God is awesome. Oh, he can move mountains. You're a liar. Oh, God is freeing and freeing and you're a liar right now. God is promising. Oh, hallelujah. Heals me when I'm of the Lord this morning. Amen. How many of you know that God is still building His church? Right now, in the middle of, middle of all of this, God is still building His church, and the Bible says, and the gates of hell, if we put on our armor of God, and the gates of hell shall not what? Come on, shall not what? Prevail against God's church. Are you part of God's kingdom and God's church this morning? Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand. Praise the Lord. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning on the danger of drifting. The danger of drifting. When I think about, when I think about drifting, I think about um, big snowstorms. Uh, I think about uh, how they're in real big snowstorms, how there's big, sometimes five, six, seven foot um, drifts. I also, when I think about drifting, I think about a, a pilot uh, when the, the wind is moving in different directions. If they're not watching their gauges, then they will drift off what? They'll drift off course. And one that really comes to my, comes to my mind is that if you didn't get a lot of sleep last night, you'll probably, I've had people to drift off to sleep while I've been preaching, okay? Uh, talking, about, uh, talking about drifting. Um, I've been a Christian ever since I've been, a, I don't know, a, a, just a small boy. Walked away from God some when I was around 16 years old and then come back to, come back to the Lord. And uh, if you are not 
living day-to-day, going after God, you are going to drift away from the Lord. Now, I don't know about you. I know that most of us probably believe and agree with 99% of what this Bible says as we degree together. So don't let us have 1% or 2% to set us apart. But I truly believe that you can be a born-again Christian walking with God, and this is, how I, this is what I believe, that you can truly be a born-again Christian walking with the Lord, and if you're not careful, you can continually drift away from God and lose your salvation. Now, that's how I believe. You might not believe that this morning, but I have. if, if we would maybe say, you know, Pastor, we're going to get off of our kind of doctrinal horse this morning, how many would raise your hands and say, you know somebody that was once on fire for God? I mean, they were on fire for God, and now they, it looks like they don't have any interest whatsoever in, in the Lord. How many would raise your hands? You know, I, I once know somebody was really walking with God, and now they're no longer uh, walking with God. Well, the writer of Hebrews gives us this warning about, uh, about drifting, away from, uh, drifting away from God. Uh, I think it's very important that what we're going to do this morning, we're going to talk, and I'm going to give you some examples, and I'm going to give you some points of how you and I can drift away from the Lord. How you and I can slowly, little by little by little, drift away from from God. How many of you know people that that they'll they've been reading their Bible, praying, going to church, and all of a sudden, little by little, you'll watch them, their church attendance starts to drop off. And then this starts to drop off. And then their Bible reading and their prayer and little by little. But if you talk to them, they'll tell you, I'm on fire for God. I'm ready to go to heaven. But you'll look at their lifestyle and look at the way they're, the direction that they're going. And you say to yourself, little by little, they just started drifting away from the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 2, and I believe it was verse 1, warned you and I how important it was not to drift away. Point number one, if we're going to drift away from God, now you might want to write this down, if we're going to drift away from God, it's when I drift away, it's when I hear God's voice, but I don't really do what He says to do. I read His Word, or I, I hear His voice, but I really don't think it's important to obey the Word of God and do what He said to do. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 puts it this way. For this reason, we must pay close attention, say close attention, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. For this reason, this is a reason, that we must pay close attention. How many of you believe that we are living in the last days? How many of you believe that we're on the brink of the coming of the Lord? How many of you believe that God is coming soon? Well, the book of Hebrews chapter 2 said, For this reason that, that, that He's coming... For this reason, we're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. He says, for this reason, we must pay close attention to our life. We may pay close attention how we're walking with God. It should be our top priority in our life how we're walking with God. Pay close attention to what we have heard so that we do not, listen, drift away from it. How many of you want to be on fire for God when the rapture of the church takes a place or God takes you home by the grave? That you want to be on fire for God? He says you've got to pay close attention. The Jews at this time was wrapped up in all the ceremonial laws. And now they realize this thing called grace. And when they realize this thing called grace, they... they, realized that they didn't have to live by the law, but they were under grace. Can you say amen? Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His grace. 
But then they realized that under grace, that when God spoke to them, that they had to listen to what God was saying. Even though grace abounds in our life, we still have to realize that we have to obey what God is speaking to us. They were to listen to the Word and obey the Word. Luke chapter 6 verse 46 says this, Why do you call me, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say to do? Why are you saying You're part of the kingdom of God, the writer was saying. Why do you call me, you're my Lord, you're my master, you're my king, and when I speak to you or I speak to you through the word, that you don't do what I'm telling you to do? When we we don't do what God is asking us to do, and when we don't obey the living word of God and what He's speaking to us in our heart, then we start to drift away from God. When you start compromising, deciding that you're not going to obey the Word of God, you start to drift from God. When you give way to excuses of yourself and walking down the path against God's voice, you start to drift away from God. Professors drift away from God in Christian colleges. Pastors drift away from God. Worship leaders drift away from God. And people sitting in the seat drift away from from God. There's a few words in an old hymn that I found that says this. Ponder to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to wonder, to leave the God I love. We all prone to wonder from our faith if we're not careful. And if we're not careful, we compromise what God is speaking to us in our individual life if we're not crazy about what He's speaking. So can everybody say amen to that? How many times has God spoke to us and we're not crazy about what He's saying to us so we uh, prone to wonder and not do what He's speaking to us? Number two, I drift away when indifference replaces a desire together with believers. It is the, it's sad, but it's the truth. Most people who say they are born-again Christians only go to church Easter and Christmas. Statistics are that, well, the mathematical fact, and statistics are the ones who say that they've made a commitment to Christ, about 50% of them Never bar a door unless it's Easter or Christmas also. Now statistics are saying, because of the coronavirus, that we are five, we're five years, I think I mentioned this last week, we're five years ahead of people dropping off from going to church. I wrote down, we have traveling ball teams, we have the lake, we have the cabin, we have the mountains, we have the camping, we have the family getting together, we have vacation, which is okay with vacation, but we've got so many things that is taking us from the house of God. It's nothing wrong with doing these things, but when it's a continuous thing that takes us away from the house of God, if we're not careful... We start to drift away. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 puts it like this. Not forsaking the assemblies of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. I see the day approaching. I see the day drawing near. I see the return of Christ being closer and closer. And we actually should be meeting more and more, trying to be as safe as we can. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together, the man of some is, exhorting one another as we see that day approaching. And I see that day approaching. 
I know there's different times and different seasons that uh, you may be sick and things may be going on in your life at times that you're not able to come to church. But the book of Hebrews was warning us that we're coming to a time where people are going to forsake coming uh, together. The writer says we must pay the most careful attention to what you have heard. He's saying don't just ignore it. Don't just throw it aside. Don't put it behind you. The words are being spoken. The time is late. The time is approaching. The time is here. Our world is out of control. And don't think for a minute, don't think for a minute after this election that things are still not going to be out of control because the Bible warns us it's going to get worse, worse, and it's going to get worse. That's what the Bible says. Have you ever seen in your life the laws that are being passed in California? Have you ever seen in your life the laws that are even being passed in Virginia, our state? The writer in Hebrews is telling us that we got to stick together. We got to fellowship together. Come on, church. We got to pray together. We got to worship together. We got to encourage each other together. If we if we will love on whatever comes through that door, if we will love on whoever comes through that door and we'll pray together and we'll fellowship together and we'll love on each other, we can stick this out and we will see it through. There's something about power and coming together. The writer is saying in chapter 2 verse 1, listen very closely to what I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. It says, and pay close attention, the Hebrew writer saying, he says, uh, 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 spark up, stay, pay close attention. He says, this is, not a, this is not a pastor's verse just to build the church. This is not a pastor's verse just to say, forsake not the assemblings of yourself together. It's not to build a church. He said, it's important. Time is urgent. Time is late. Time is late. My heart goes out for America and for today's church because time is late. Time is running out, church. We need each other. It's not a time to be fighting and, and fussing and not getting along. We need each other. Time is short. Time is short. We've got to have each other in the last days. The third thing is I, I drift away and I come complacent about when I come complacent about sin in my life. And I want to back up one second. I got a little video that I, I don't want to run across it. I want to, I was just a, just a few seconds, and I want to show you this video about where well, the book of Hebrews says, uh, talking about you and I in the last days forsaking the simming of ourselves together. I want to illustrate that a little bit more. Uh, show that video just a second. I'd like to say that that, I want to see that be today's church. Amen? I'd like to say that when we all come together, Sister Tina, that that is today's church. I'd like to say that, that we get on, so, on fire so much for the Lord that we're all burning together. Each one of us is a, a stick or a cold in that fire. Now what happens... If you take one of those coals out of that fire, I've got one right here, what happens? What happens if I take a coal out of that fire and it's burning and I throw it on the ground? What, ha what happens over there? Come on, y'all help me. What happens? It, it does what? It just, it, just dies. it just dies out, right? While the rest of the fire does what? It keeps burning. When we decide that, you know what, I don't need God's people 
and I don't need God's church. I can make it on my own. Well, the writer's saying, no, you can't. He's saying, when you isolate yourself from God's people, he says, just like one of our brothers said, it dies out. So it must be to something to gathering together and worshiping together and encouraging each other together and loving on each other together and praying for each other together. It must be something of it. Can you say amen? We need each other. And church, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to need each other in these last days like we've never needed each other before. So you find yourself drifting away when you think, ah, I don't need God's people. I don't need God's church. I can make it on my own. The Bible says you just start to drift away from God. The third thing in drifting is I've become complacent about sin in my life. If you're complacent about sin in your life, you're going to start drifting away from God. If you're casual about sin in your life, you're going to start drifting away from God. If you say, no sin here, no sin here, not in my life. The Bible says we've all sinned. All. Say all. All sin that comes short of the glory of God. No temptation here. No sin in my life here. Not here. So as you start to drift. John chapter 1, 1 John, excuse me, chapter 1 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we have made God out to be a liar and His Word is not in us. If we continually have a habit of going to God and asking God to continually wash us, God, continually clean me. God, continually take these bad thoughts out of my mind. God, continually take this thing that, that's trying to attach itself to I me. Mean, Lord, I've got a bad attitude. God, I've thought some bad things. Lord, take this sin out of my life. God, I don't want it in my life. Purify my life, oh Lord. Church, it's time that on a daily basis, we're looking at our life and looking at maybe sin in our life. Jesus is coming soon, and I want to be ready to go. I want to be ready to go. I wrote this down. I like this. I found this. A dairy farmer said one time, the worst thing about these crazy dairy cows is i got to keep milking them every day. We've got to continually go to God in prayer and ask Him to cleanse our hearts and clean, clean us on a daily basis. A.W. Tozer write, wrote this, A complacent of Christians is the scandal of Christianity. Time is short and eternity is long. The awareness of sin used to be our shadow. Christians hated sin, feared it, and fled from it. But now the shadow has faded. Nowadays, the accusation you have sinned is often said with a grin. If you take sin lightly in your life, if you just think it's no sin in my life, nothing here, Pastor, then you are drifting away from the Lord. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. And lastly, the fourth thing, I drift away when I forget the importance of how I will finish the race. How many want to finish your race? How many want to finish the race? If we are in the race, we're headed towards the finish line. It's important that you finish well. And then if you, if you start, it's more important that you finish well than if you started well. The Word of God is full of women, uh, men and women that finished the race well. The book of Hebrews is the chapter of faith of men and women that finished well. But there are also men and women that started out great but did not finish well. Well, Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, put it like this. But the one who 
endures to the end shall be saved. The Apostle Paul was so focused on finishing well, listen to some of his last words in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. This is the Apostle Paul towards the end of his life. He says, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of preaching and teaching the good news of God's grace. I love that passage of Scripture. Paul said, I started out well, but he said, it's not the people who start out well, it's the ones that finish well. How many of you like sports in here? Now, I've watched sports before, and my team is winning. And I get, I get hyped up. I get really hyped up. Man, we're going, into the, we're going into the third quarter. We're winning, and I'm all hyped up. To watch them in the fourth quarter, whether it's, whether it's basketball or baseball, watch them in the last quarter do some of the stupidest stuff. To, lend, win the, uh, to lose the ball game. And how many here have watched that? You got the favorite ball team. You got this favorite ball team. They're doing good. First, second, third quarter. And the fourth quarter, they go out there and do some of the craziest stuff. You think, what in the world are you doing? And you thought, we got this one in the bag. But the fourth quarter, they lose the whole ball game. Church, I believe we're in the fourth quarter. Come on. I believe we're in the fourth quarter. I believe the coming of the Lord is very near. I, I believe it's very near. I, I think the rapture of the church is very near, and we're in the fourth quarter. And I believe that we've got to finish this race strong. Uh, Marta brought something to Tina and I the other night that started making me think. How many of you know that the Bible says that uh, the second coming of the Lord, after the, the seven years that we're coming back to reign and rule? And how many of you know the Bible says that the, the moon will turn to blood during that seven years? How many of you have studied any prophecy at all? It'll turn to blood within that seven years. Now, in this article... It showed a picture of the, excuse me, not the sun, the moon. Showed a picture of the moon, okay? And at the very top of the moon, it was red. And at the very bottom of that moon, it was starting to turn red. Now, if that's the case, and the, if the article is right, is the moon already starting to turn to blood? And if it is, that means we got to back up some years, right? I feel like we're on the brink of the rapture of the church. I think that the Lord is coming soon because if that moon is to turn to blood in the seven-year period, and if it's already started... Then, brothers and sisters, the coming of the Lord has got to be very near. It's got to be close. And when she showed me that, it just stuck in me and it went off of me like a bomb, Sister Tina. That Jesus is coming and His coming is very soon. It's not no time to be drifting away from God. It's not no time to be playing with your soul. It's not no time not to be obeying what God is speaking to your spirit. It's not a time to be, to be playing around with sin. It's not a time to just be saying, you know what, I don't need other people in my life. I really don't need other Christians. I can make it on my own. No, you can't. We need each other. So all I'm doing this morning as a pastor is just sending the warning out there. Don't drift away from the Lord. These things make us drift from God. The coming of the Lord is near, and I feel it in my spirit that God is coming soon. And I want to see everybody that I know make it in the rapture of the church. 
Come on, church. And we're going to have to beat, come on, the devil is going to fight like never before in these last days. I mean, he's going to bombard your mind like never before. He's going to come against you like never before in every way, against your health, against your family, against situations in your life. Be aware that the devil is on the prowl. Be aware that the devil has not closed up shop. Be aware the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's not let up just because Corona's here. He hadn't let up. He's at full force. And he come to steal and kill and destroy. And there's no time to be playing. I feel the anointing. There's no time to be playing with your life now. Jesus is coming soon. It's time to stay on your knees. Stay in the Word of God. Fast and pray. Get a hold of your brothers and sisters. Encourage them in the Lord. Because the coming of the Lord is very near, church. Very near. He's coming and I want you all ready to go. Because I believe it's right around the corner. And we don't want to be drifting Away from the Lord. Maybe you got friends that are, you feel like, you know, they're just drifting. Maybe you got people that say they're Christians, that they're your friends, that you feel like they're drifting. Be careful, church. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying is please be careful. When you get to heaven, you're going to be accountable for who? For one person. You're going to be accountable for yourself and yourself only. When you stand before God on Judgment Day, you're going to look Him in the eye, not a preacher, not anyone else. And I want to say, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Amen. So I just, I just, just felt like the Lord just speaks some things about drifting because if we're not careful, any of us can drift away from God. Any of us can drift away from the Lord. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I want us to, 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 to look in our heart right now before we leave. And I want God, I want God to examine our heart right now, guys, before we leave. Father, we thank you right now, God. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you, God, if there's any of these things that we're drifting in our life, would you please, God, uh, would you show us? We heard the Holy Spirit this morning speak. God, I want to be ready. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be ready, Lord. How many of you raise your hands this morning and say, Pastor, I... I truly want to be ready. I truly want to be ready. Father, I pray for us before we leave this morning. I'm asking you, Lord, right now that we are prone to wonder. Prone to wonder from your word, from our prayer life, from coming together. God, we we prone to wonder. God, I'm asking you to draw us back close to your bosom right now, Lord. God, I, I don't know what any of us have in our heart right now, but God, I'm asking you, Lord, to God that we right now just want to come close to you. Hallelujah. God, I, I want to come so close to you. Draw us to your bosom. We all right now, the enemy is maybe speaking lies in our ears, but God, we're going to come close to you. We're going to cleanse our hearts and our minds and our spirits this morning, God. I want everybody just to pray this prayer with me before we leave. Say, Heavenly Father. We come to you this morning.
through your grace, through your mercy, and through the, your channel of love. Look in my heart this morning. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me of all the sin in my life. Check me, God, when I start to drift. Check me, God. Check my heart. Father, forgive me of any part of drifting this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. How many of you looking for the coming of the Lord? How many of you know it could be any time? Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.